Luminous Plants by Dr. Alfred Gradenwitz. Read for LibriVox.org. Some species of beetles, as is well known, are endowed with a strange luminescence, and the beautiful phenomenon known as phosphorescence of the sea is, in its turn, due to the light given out by certain of the lower organisms. Many organic substances exhibit luminous phenomena of a similar kind, and butcher's meat, at a state of beginning decomposition, as well as rotten wood and withered leaves, possess a luminescence readily perceived by the eye when at rest. Naturalists have frequently discussed the question as to what profit those organisms may derive from their remarkable power, and it seems possible that certain animals avail themselves of their luminescence in attacking their prey, frightening their foes, or lighting the environs when seeking their food. Not only the luminescence of insects, but that of other organic substances as well, should be ascribed to a vital process being due to bacteria, that is, to vegetable organisms settling on the surface of the substance in order, thence, to spread to other bodies. Professor H. Mollish of the University of Prague has closely investigated those phenomena of vegetable luminescence during his voyages of discovery in the tropics and after his return to Europe. According to his researches, the luminescence of butcher's meat, so far from being an exceptional phenomenon, is an absolutely general fact, occurring even in the case of relatively fresh meat, which is quite susceptible of being used as food. The bacterium phosphorium, which gives rise to this luminescence, accordingly is a very widespread occurrence, being found in all ice cellars in which the meat, soon after its arrival, is again and again contaminated by those luminous fungi. Eggs kept in salt water and boiled potatoes will take the same characteristic luminescence either spontaneously or on coming into contact with meat, and the same applies to dead sea fish and other sea animals, in the case of which the phenomenon takes place at the very beginning of disintegration, before any bad smell can be noted. Professor Molish, therefore, unhesitatingly asserts that at least during the hot season, a large portion of all the fish in the market is sold in a luminous condition without the knowledge of the public, but without any detriment to health. In contradistinction to sea fish, freshwater fish do not show any spontaneous luminescence, but become luminescent on coming into contact with sea animals or with butcher's meat contaminated by the bacteria. As the presence of free oxygen is required to enable these to give rise to the phenomenon, this would seem to be an oxidation process, in which only the bacteria situated near the surface partake so as to come into contact with atmospheric oxygen. It is true that the amounts of oxygen taking part in the oxidation are extremely small, being detected by no known chemical reagent. Some experimenters have, accordingly, suggested a very intimate connection between this luminosity and the process of respiration, considering the former as the immediate outcome of the latter. Outside of the oxygen, a certain amount of water is indispensable to give rise to the phenomenon, as shown by the fact that bacteria placed on a glass plate, owing to the evaporation of their water, will cease to shine after five to ten minutes in order to recover their luminosity after some water has been added. 
Professor Mullish's researches thus show that the luminosity of living organisms is a chemical process, giving rise to the formation of a hypothetical substance in the interior of cells, which, in the presence of free oxygen and water, becomes luminous. This the experimenter calls photogen. The luminosity of animals shows a characteristic difference from that of plants, bacteria, insofar as the former is observed only intermittently, while cultures of bacteria may remain luminescent for months and even years, provided there be a sufficient supply of food. Professor Molish then succeeded in preparing, with a glass flask filled with sterilized gelatin vaccinated with a culture of luminous bacteria, a cold lamp, which, though being of less intensity than the flame of even the smallest candle, perfectly sufficed for scientific researches, photographic purposes, and even for certain practical uses. As luminous beetles have at any time been used by the natives of tropical countries as ornaments, fishing, and hunting utensils, and as optical telegraphs in warfare, the possibility of eventually increasing the intensity of those living illuminants sufficiently to allow of a more extensive utilization should by no means be discarded. The most striking difference between this living light and the one given out by other illuminants is the perfect absence of heat rays. Nature thus realizes the ideal of modern engineers, namely, the production of light without heat. While being free from any material heat radiation, this light, however, is by no means of simple composition and, for example, comprises chemical rays. Molish, accordingly, succeeds in photographing luminous cultures in their own light and various other objects in the light of the bacteria. Living light does not seem to contain any black rays acting on the photographic plate, while its physiological effects are as striking as those of any other light. If, for example, the germs of certain plants, peas, lentils, etc., be placed at 1 to 10 centimeters distance from a living lamp, they are seen during their growth to approach towards the luminous bacteria, two kinds of plants thus attracting one another in virtue of the radiating energy given out by one of them. End of Luminous Plants by Dr. Alfred Gradenwitz. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain.